from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. I'll tell you what. Welcome back, guys, to the Big and Wild Outdoors. I'm sorry, I was arguing. I know you're you're, you're jibber jabbering. I'll just bring the show back. Fine, I was. Yeah, as a Gator, I don't like this song, but I do respect it. You know, I had some time. I got to spend with the go. coach. Gene so, Deckerhoff announces his yeah. retirement. I had to do it. But, oh, but no, wait a minute. But hold on, Gene you're wrong Deckerhoff. there, Sparky. Yeah, yeah. He, he announces <laughs> retirement from FSU. You bounce, yeah. you bounce, Steve Austin off of two guardrails no, on the way in here. And, <laughs> and there. It's just some incorrect information. When we we talked about it, uh, but we'll get to the correct information in just a second because John Harris is on the phone. I wanted to talk to him again about uh, an auction that he's got coming up next Saturday. That's going to be uh, happening over around uh, Plant City. And uh, if you are a fishing entrepreneur, and if you're a collector of uh, rare and attractive fishing lure items and things like that, then this would be an auction for you. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good morning. What what, what happened? You sound so subdued. Oh, well, I have to tone myself down. I've learned years ago when I get around you guys in the media that i got to slow it down a little bit. Otherwise, I might, you know. Over the top. Well, we, we want to hear the auctioneer. Uh, I was Johnny. just going to say that. that. Really? Come on, bring it. We want to hear the auctioneer, Johnny. Whatever it is you do. Hey, uh, better, better. Uh, if we, uh, if I, we, I counted, I counted your lanterns. There's fifteen. Fifteen. There's, there's thirty-one total lanterns, but fifteen of the ones you're talking about earlier. So there's one a little update. Yeah, I think well, there's only ten. Five should be put back somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and to that point about those four hundred dollar ones, I, I want to see that. That's gonna be that's gonna be neat. So yeah. Those are those lanterns. If those are if those are the Petromaxes or the Genial lanterns that you got in there for sale, to go buy a brand new one is mm. is five hundred dollars. If you want a vintage one, as the ones like you you're gonna be selling. <laughs> What was it? Five hundred and eighty-eight dollars they wanted Give for take, that sucker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, seriously. That's when they made lanterns. I, I'm telling you, I own one. Those things are bulletproof. They've been around since before World War II, and they they last forever. They they, well, they must because there's a bunch of them there, and they're they're very old. Well, the thing about the 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 lant the Petromax is that they'll run on anything. You yeah. can put you can put gas in there. You can put white gas, diesel. You can run it on vegetable oil. You can take a bottle of Wesson and uh, Wesson oil and put it in there. If you can vaporize it through the heating coil through the heating system, it'll burn. Uh, so, Braden, you'd make a great auctioneer. I'm having to write all this down to say this next week. Well, <laughs> you're going there. I, I'm just telling you, I've done it. I, I went and bought a thing of lamp oil, you know, that you put in the old Wick-style uh, hurricane lamp oil mm. stuff in there. <laughs> Sucker burns like the sun, man. It's it's crazy. They run on anything. Seriously, if it can be vaporized, it can be burnt, and that's the way it should be. But now, yeah. uh, not just the lamps, but looking at the website, of course, you, if you go to Harris Auctions LLC, you can go uh, to the first page and look at all the items and fishing lures and fishing reels and vintage outboard motors. I mean, there's just a uh, uh, 
crud load of stuff on here. It really is. Yeah, and one of the one of the fears is when you do estates like this or collections like this, is that three weeks later you see it on the internet that some guy bought something in an auction in Florida that's now worth three hundred thousand dollars and he paid fifty bucks for it. You know, yeah. a piece of art or something like that. Um, I, that's not the case here necessarily, but we did find a lure. I, I found one uh, recently, and I said, oh, that's, uh, that I've got to bring up because there's so many of these lures. We're going to sell them choice in, in groups of like 20 to 50. You can take one or two or three based on your bid. Uh, but there's so many of them. We're you know I'm sure going to miss some of them, but uh, we found one that's pretty interesting, and I'm um, doing a little more research on it, and I'll fill you in later. So. Uh, uh, is that the one that the guy from up north called you about? And uh... <laughs> yeah, bless his heart. No, no, it's actually another one. And and again, uh, this is I could be wrong, but when you get into these things, the, these are what you call barn finds. And this was in a barn, and the family's been going through this stuff. They didn't get rid of any of it. They took a couple pieces for their keepsake because there's a lot of old Florida and old family stuff. But for the most part, this this collection's intact, and you know, it's going to be gone through. Unfortunately, on Saturday of next week, that's when people are going to point out and say that's what that's worth, and that's when you know the value. John, you're like the you're like the real deal American picker. That's what this yeah. is, right yeah, here. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no ad lib here. I mean, there, there's no uh, this is 100 percent real because uh, what happened Saturday, we, I have no idea. And I told the family, I said the best way to handle this is to go through this for about a year, uh, talk to some of the the experts at the NFLCC, um, go through, you know, talk to the guys at you know uh, throughout the marinas and everything like this. And after at the end of the year, you'll know what you have and you'll know the values. And they were like, you know, uh, uh, they wanted to just move on and get rid of the stuff. And I said, okay, we're going to do that as best we can. So well, there's going to be a lot of bargains, a lot of bargains, a lot of opportunities for. Uh, to add to your collections. Well, now, uh, you said there's going to be a preview on the Friday previous before the auction so right, that right. people can come and peruse. Well, and that's so important because, you know, the day of the sale, we open the doors at 9. The auction starts at 10, and then it goes. Uh, you can still come and look at stuff, but, you, you know, the, I don't know how many people are going to show up. But if you really want to inspect the stuff, we're going to be there all day Friday between 11 and 5. You can come in. doesn't cost anything to you know, come in or register or anything like that. It just uh, then you can decide if you want to come back and bid on Saturday. So that's important. Uh, hopefully, they, you know, you don't have to drive from Alabama, but if you're close by, it's worth the trip. Well, I was going to suggest that if you're one of those people who's not really sure on the value of certain lures or reels or things, other items that you have there, Friday would also be a good time to go in there and take some pictures, talk to your brother-in-law who's an old-time collector <laughs> or whatever it is, yeah. send him the pictures and go, Dude, are these worth anything? Should I get on this? And, of course, if they write back and go, man, you need to get every dang one of those things, then, you know, that way you can kind of use your own experts and uh, take right. pictures or maybe take some pictures, go back home, do a little more research on your own on the Internet and find out if what this reel might be worth or what this is going to be going for or anything else like that if you don't want it personally. If you're looking to flip it, I mean, uh, me personally, I you know, was looking at those lamps and knowing what they're actually worth. Uh, I'm not looking at something that I would go to get rid of and resell. I'd look at something that I'd want to restore and keep because, seriously, those those things will last you a lifetime. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's a good approach, too. And I tell people that. Go home and do your research, come back and bid. And remember this. This is what we always tell people. Something you want, money's no object. 
Well, that, but, I, I guess. Wow. I, I tongue-in-cheek. Tongue in, I'm just kidding. You know? <laughs> no, just I like put that. Your, just put your hand in the air. We'll take care of it. Okay, yeah. so, yeah. But it's going to be an open bid form. It's absolute, and that's something I want to tell people because I still get calls to this day after many, many years, and they'll say, what are you going to start the bids at? I said, I don't start the bids. The crowd does. This is an absolute auction, which is the only way to do an auction. And if there's a $300 lantern there and it goes for 10 bucks, I'll tell you about it on the next show. <laughs> so. that, that, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You don't, you, you don't have any idea what those things no. are, are worth or anything else like that. It's just it's one of those deals where if you know what you know and it's worth something, then by all means, buy it. I'm, yep. I'm trying to look up uh, how much the Seagram 7's fishing lures are. <laughs> Yeah, next to the Budweiser, next to the Mermaid, next to the Schlitz can. That is so funny that those are around. I mean, I remember those things. The those, Schlitz. those novelty, those novelty fishing lures and yeah. stuff back yeah. in the day. He's yeah. I, there's two of them in a picture. They're hanging. The, you know the, the Seagram. Seagram Seven, the Seagram yeah. Seven spin. It's a like a spoon. I bet you you yeah. could probably catch some major fish on that. I just I wonder how much they're worth. Well, I'm gonna I'll I'll give you a list next time I see you. But let me talk real quick about the seller. The family, um, a gentleman owned a company in Tampa, successful businessman. He started collecting these things in the 60s, and he passed away two years ago, and he's in his 80s. And uh, I, I, I can't imagine collecting in the 60s. You know, now there's still, there's still stuff out there, but back then people were using it to fish, and now they're, you know, kind of, some of them are valuable. So it's a neat collection, uh, neat story, too. A lot of old Florida items here. Um, you know, like postcards and maps and magazines and things like that, that, you know, just uh, real nostalgic. Well, I know that the, uh, the magazines alone, those ones, the uh, recreational magazines from 1904, uh, <laughs> yeah. you talk about uh, Library of Congress type stuff. I mean, where, yeah. where do you find that? I mean, once it's gone, it's gone. You'll, you're never going to find it again. Hey, John- one of those magazines, I'd put it in a frame. Yeah, exactly. Hey, John, if any of those lures are left over, um, I would would you donate them to the show so we can give some away to listeners? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. That's what I'll do out there. Well, first of all, they're not mine, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, i got to think there's somebody there that's going to say, hey, I'll take the rest of these for 10 bucks," and I'll say, sold. See, exactly. It's what we were talking about. There's a yard sale going on right. today down at Eckerd College, and we're like, Dude, show up, uh, show up around thirty minutes before closing time, and go like, ah, I know you guys don't want to take all the. Uh, yeah, but all joking aside, though, if the family wants to do that, we'd be more than happy to give them to listeners. Well, give them away. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and they, you know, I told them there's a couple pieces there I'd pull aside, and they did, and some pieces they left in, and I said, you know, I'd probably keep that piece. There, there's in particular an old Winston cigarette clock that is extremely interesting, uh, hanging on in in his barn. Uh, lighted little clock that's not anything to do with fishing, nothing to do with old Florida or anything like that, but that's the kind of pieces she's finding. It's like the anvil and the, the billfish, the brass-mounted billfish uh, trophy. Um, tons of stuff. So, yeah, ought to be fun. Hopefully we have some folks show up to get rid of it all because there's a lot. I see that they have one of the old mermaid ones. What is that there? What is that one next to it? Is that a mouse or something? I don't know. Well, John, uh, it's yep, yep. the preview is going to be happening on Friday, March 25th, and uh, the auction happens on the 26th, starting at 10 a.m. Again, uh, it's going to be happening at the formerly Uncle Mike's Smokehouse right there on the northeast corner of Highway 39 and 60, correct? Correct. 
Yeah, so you can go over there Friday, take all the pictures you want, talk to all your kin, relatives, experts, all that stuff, and then go back on Saturday and spend your money. Put your hand in the air. All, all right. right, guys. See you, Johnny boy. Much. Have yeah. a good time, man. See take you, care, bye. John. Uh, go check it out, uh, harrisauctionsllc.com, harrisauctionsllc.com. Start looking at stuff that you may want. It's right there. I like them. <laughs> may have to go over there and get some lanterns. You've been ta- you, you better go get some lanterns. That's all you talked about for the last three hours. Those things are worth a lot of money, man. Anyway, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Go see Brooks in the bunch today. Get your best deal on a new Ford car or truck. It'll happen today. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We'll be right back. All right, here we go. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring Gun, Vince Noble, Slicks. Back from his uh, little family trip last weekend. Steve and, Austin. And, and I didn't throw and, you under the bus, Slick. The guy gave you, I didn't say you, I said the guy called in and gave you bad info. From the Seminole newspaper, Gene Deckerhoff's retiring April 9th, with our, which I heard Okay, yeah, 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 if we want to be technical, but thank you. I appreciate that. April 9th, and uh, does it say from everything FSU? Yes, everything, everything FSU. FSU. Broadcast wow. on April and 9th. according that, to a that's quote. the Bucks. And a court, well, yeah, but according to a quote that he's given off, that he's going to finish his commitment to the Bucks, and then he wants to do at least one more Super Bowl, is what a quote from him. So that's it, yeah, that's in the um, that's on the Seminole uh, the Seminole page itself. I was looking at the press release. It's crazy, man. Like I'm absolutely like it's not going to be the same listening to a game without him. I I just I mean I, I can't even picture, uh, especially the Buccaneer broadcast not being. Uh, with Gene Decker off. Hard him kidding. But you know what? I think about how many people around the world and here locally and everywhere else have heard that man's voice, not just alumni and people who went to FSU, but how many Buccaneer fans are. are oh, I think everybody loves Gene. That's well, I, I mean, and, and he's like you. He's got that distinct voice. And I remember uh, standing on the, the beach uh, just outside of uh, the Coronado Hotel down there for the Super Bowl. And we're standing out on the beach. Jeff Ryan, uh, Gene Deckeroff, and myself are standing there. And Gino and Jeff are having a discussion. And a man's walking by with a woman. And all of a sudden, he just stops and turns. And he goes, are you Gene Deckeroff? <laughs> and he goes, well, yes. Yes, I am. You know how he is. He gets that big old voice going. And the guy goes, honey, this is the guy I told you about. This is the guy. Because oh. he, uh, he was an FSU alumni, and he goes, this guy, man, does basketball, does football. This is him. I can't believe I'm actually – what are you doing in San Diego? And he's like, well, I'm here for the Super Bowl. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And, oh, I, I, I told you. Jeff I Ryan looked at him and goes, really? We're on the other side of the entire continent of the United oh, States of America. Him, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy hears your voice and goes, holy crap, that's Gene Decker off. Uh, it's, it's true. <laughs> he's just got the, that voice, The man. guy's a legend. Yes, it'll be. It'll Last be picture I have it in my phone of my son ever taken is with Gene Deckerhoff of Bucks Man. Camp. Really? Wow. No. That's awesome. Uh, Gino's always been a great guy. He's been a hilarious dude, and I know he's getting up there in years. And uh, I know he and the wife want to spend some time. 
Was, I, I, the amount of traveling that man does, I don't know how he does it. I really, I really don't know. He's the man. He's, he's constantly going. Forty-seven years with FSU basketball, and like forty-three years with FSU football, and then I think there's. Uh, I had the stats. Twenty-something years with the, the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, man. At he's, least. And he's a Florida graduate, and most people don't know that. Oh, that really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's a Gator. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, he is. But I remember uh, the days when uh, he would just RV it down. Uh, if it was a home game at FSU, he'd jump in the RV with the wife, and uh, they would drive down and do the Buccaneer broadcast and then drive back up and do the John Madden, you know, drive back up to yeah. Tallahassee. Uh, but there were times where, you know, he would fly in. He wouldn't even fly on the team plane, but he would fly in after – the game and uh, Mark, you remember Mark um, used to travel with us. You know, the dude used to do the weekends on the show and stuff. I don't I know. Mark Evans? What did, I can't remember what name he went by. But he'd have to go pick up Gene at the airport and he'd come literally straight from whatever airport we were at and go straight to the stadium, be ready to go, fired up, ready to go. Seriously. I just, I just don't know how he does it. I really. He was amazing. I mean, I told you I got on. Uh, one of those puddle jumpers in the middle of the night from the stadium going up to Tallahassee for the Orvis Shooting School. And there's like 12 seats and no windows on that plane. And I hear Gene going, Steve Austin. And there he is. And he goes, come on back here and sit with me. Sit with me. Come on back here. I'll be good. Well, if you're going to sit down and talk, I got some things I want to bring up to you because uh, you being the one person Nothing. I know, one person I know, who has broken the 250-pound uh, mark when it comes to tarpon. And weight. And weight. What was your... Uh, it was you 200, 201 pounds, actually. 201 that's pounds? A, that's a big tarpon. Yep, took me an hour and 45 minutes, and then I had to have my arms replaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask you, there were three guys, I don't know if you heard this this past week, they were down in off uh, Columbia on the Pacific side of South wow. America, which is not a place where you normally find tarpon. They were out there actually to go get a rooster fish. That's what they were fishing Love for. Love those, man. And uh, one of the guys actually uh, caught one. They rebaited and he put it out and got a whack on it, and it took off like a screaming Mimi. And next thing you know, they're fighting a tarpon. Now On the Pacific side. On the is Pacific side. No, no. It's, not, uh, it's not. So... Not only were they fighting this young man, uh, the first guy, Jorgensen, uh, fought it for nearly uh, two hours and finally just couldn't do it anymore. I understand. Passed the rod off to another guy who uh, fought it for another hour and 40 minutes before he gave up, and they handed the rod off to another guy who ended up fighting it for about another hour and some change before they brought it over to the side. Now, they didn't realize that, of course, they could do this there but not here. It took four grown men, everything they could, to pull the fish into the boat to take pictures and everything else to do it. This they had done that alongside the boat. The fish measured 87 inches from fork to tail, 54-inch girth, and oh. using the tarpon calculator, the tarpon like, estimated weighed around 312 pounds. That's a world record, because I thought the world record was like that, 250, yeah, right? That would that, have been a record, Well, it far exceeds the IGF official record that was 286 pounds, 9 ounces, okay. taken in Africa in 2003. And adding to the weight to it, when they sent the uh, video and the pictures and everything in to all the other experts, they said... Yeah, that fish was well over, well over 300 pounds. But unfortunately, 
What has to happen if you're going to go for a record? You got to have the fish. No. It has to be caught by one person. Yeah. Because uh, Ken, right. remember I told you, Ken Mays, I was dying after about an hour. I felt like my neck was going to snap. And I said, just hold the rod and let me wipe my face. That's all I asked him he to do. He said, I can't do he it. He goes, I am not touching the rod. He goes, I do. It doesn't count. I'll wipe it, your it, face, but I'm not going to touch your rod. Yeah, if it's a record fish, uh, we've ruined it if, yeah. I, if I touch the rod. Oh. But they were saying that it's really weird, but sometimes they do catch tarpon on that side of the Pacific because it's close to the Panama uh, Canal. Canal. And they'll they'll go through and go to the so other side. So it was side. on vacation from the eastern side. <laughs> I wanted to get a little cooler water, I guess. Well, you know, talking about tarpon, they're stacked up right now in John's Pass. That's it. what I've heard. I can't it's, believe it's, that. It's a little early, but they're they're here. March Madness happening in John's Pass. Something's happening in John's Pass. <laughs> that would not be a fun place to catch a, a, a tarpon. No, between yeah. the boats, the dock, and the bridge. Oh my! Forget about it. It's yeah. hard enough to catch a snook. There. You would sit there and pray, please go towards the intercoastal. Please go towards the intercoastal. Go towards the intercoastal. <laughs> Break me off. Yeah. <laughs> but three hundred and uh, they estimated around three hundred and twelve to three hundred and twenty pounds. This tarpon was nice. Golly. I don't. I don't know. I've ta- I've I've caught tarpon, not quite as big as the one that you reeled in, but 180, 165, and you catch two or three of those in a row, and you're you're done. That's. Yeah. I mean, you're wiped. Two, three. You catch one, you're done. I, I well, lo- you know what's weird sometimes, and the guy down there was telling me that the big ones trigger the feed because we there it was nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning. There hadn't been a single bite, and all of a sudden, when when she hit. Everybody went nuts. They all started biting. So well, it, it's usually follow the leader. They look for Big Sally. If Big Sally's yeah. eating, we better start eating because otherwise, yeah. ain't gonna be nothing left. Yeah. Well, I know that one is. Uh, I don't know. I cannot believe they're this far north already. But uh, if they're already stacking up in there, what does it look like in Boca Grand Pass these days? I was talking to uh, Dave Travis the other day. What did he say? He said it's starting to look good. He wants. I'm actually going to go down there with him. Start the weekend, and we're going to do some tarpon fishing. Well, they're going to do the tarpon roundup again out there, it's, it's aren't they? Co- it's and coming up, but we're going to do it before that, either before or after. But, I mean, they do the weigh-in and everything else like that there at Bay Pines, right? Yeah, right there at the um, Harbor Master. Yeah, so um, that that's coming up. That's next month, I think. It is, yes, it is in May. It's the 88th annual. I'm actually, uh, this Wednesday, I'm going to go attend the meeting. The old tarpon roundup. It's yeah. been around for a thousand years. I'm telling you. Back I, in the day when they used to bring them in dead. And hang them up there on yeah, a nail. I, I hated that. I hate to see those pictures. Those yeah. Dude, those old guys, they eat those things. They didn't go to waste. Uh, yeah, you can wrinkle your face all you want to. I mean, I'm I heard serious. the back straps are pretty good. I'm telling you, I had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy come in looking for a, a harpoon gig, you know, for alligators. And uh, I said, it's a little early for alligators. Now nah, I'm going out for tarpon. And oh. I was like, what? What? I said, you, you're going to kill it? And he goes, no, I'm going to kill it. Not to derail this, the conversation, but uh looks like Toby and his boys already got a bird. Oh, that's going to kill Bill George. Ooh, boy. Bill's got one he's got. Uh, he's been having his eye on for a year. I'm telling you. That's a nice bird. That's a nice one. Toby don't play when it comes to turkey hunting. Yeah, he, he gets out there and scouts nice. around. Yeah, that's a good that's bird. A good bird. But this, old, go, boy. this old guy, he's an old Florida guy, born and raised, a 19-generation Florida cracker, you know, and they go out there and they – cut them up and harpoon them and turn them into fish balls and fish cakes and do all stuff and eat the crud out of them. Or they're good for chum, too. (laughs) I I, I learned a long time ago, you always wear gloves when you're handling a tarpon. You put your hand in that mouth and it'll smell like tarpon for the next two weeks. 
It just will not go away. It's a nasty, stinky, metallic smell that just delightful. Won't go, it won't go away. It's like putting a handful of pennies in your mouth. Mmm, these are great. Yep, to- Toby's boy Bob Ernest. He got that bird at 400 yards, open field. We mean 400 yards. That's what he said. He didn't shoot it at 400 yards. I don't know. I'm just reading his text. I'm trying to multitask here. No here. way. Not 400 yards. No. He walked it for yeah. it. No, walk the bird. Walked it. Walked yeah, the bird across 400 yards of open field. I, dude, I was trying to multitask. We're going on break. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Shut up. We'll be right back. 300 windbag right to the bread basket. <laughs> Sharp, sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. It is a big and wild outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Big wild fast cast for you on this beautiful Saturday day. Today is going to be a beautiful day. Don't worry about the weather today. It's going to be really nice. Here on the West Coast, we're going to be maybe getting up to around 80 degrees. A little bit of a light breeze. It'll be nice uh, today. But uh, tomorrow is going to be a front pushing through. The high is going to be about 70 degrees. Uh, Lows will be around 60 60 degrees or so, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Will it be be 60 or 60? 60 degrees, and it depends on where you're standing. If you're on hot pavement, it's going to feel like a thousand, but if you're not, you'll be fine. Well, you got winds of six miles an hour with 93% humidity. That'll be nice. Hey, speaking of doing your fast cast and everything, we we, we got to give a shout out to our boy. Shout out to Justin, man. Yesterday was his birthday. Justin uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe? Yeah. Was his birthday? Yeah. So happy birthday, boy. Happy birthday, Justin. And hey, you got to do it. Get outside and get yourself some. Get your some. <laughs> I miss him, man. Now, was... now I want cake. I know. I don't want cake. Where's Kentucky, boy? I was going to beat him into the floor today. Uh, I don't know. I thought <laughs> he you, heard were... you were coming in. He wasn't going to bother. I, not only when Tennessee whipped him, and then they turn around and lose to our sister of the broken pain. What was it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Casey, why are you like? I just uh, texted him and went, dude, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of college basketball, but I I love watching the rivalries between you and other employees. It's always good. SEC schools, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, hey, I know as a guy who always wanted to go to Africa and do all that kind of good stuff. I miss uh, the rain down in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I thought you were going to keep I, going. I, got the I, thought, I thought you were going to keep going. I thought you were going to give me lines. They're here idea. next month with Journey. Are they really? Yeah, yeah, I did hear that, that they're coming. I wonder what song they're going to open up with. Hold the line. Oh, Love you think? always on time. You, you got to open with the big one, man. Yeah. Africa will be the encore. You don't have headphones on, so you can't hear that he's. Oh, well, I knew he was playing, playing just because you guys went. Yeah, because <laughs> we all just froze. <laughs> oh gosh, it is a good song though. I was gonna uh, get your opinion on this, Steve Austin, because uh, as you know, when uh, Mr. Trump was president of the United States, he he lessened and lifted some of the sanctions on importation when it came to uh, bringing your game heads and things back you know from africa or yeah. argentina or south america or wherever it is that you're going to go and all that kind of good stuff which uh 
a lot of people really like the idea of that fact that they're just holding them up to holding them up. They're not doing anything. They're done. They're either finished or finished hides and things like that, and they're just being held for no reason. So when he looked at a lot of those things and we started to get the importation back in, that was starting to flow a little bit better. And once that was done, it seemed that it actually spurred a lot more people, even during the COVID times, to maybe this would be a great opportunity to go and go do some hunting. Those that could went. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you have these uh, gentlemen and ladies who are not happy about any of this kind of stuff. So what they did. So uh, the Center for Biological Diversity filed a lawsuit on behalf uh, of them with the Harvard Law School Animals Law and Policy Clinic last fall against the uh, United States uh, Wildlife Service to see what it is that they were importing and exporting and all this other stuff. And according to this woman, Tanya uh, Sinireb, the International League Director at the center, uh, it shows a largely steady and sizable annual increase in trophy imports between 2016 and 2019, excluding a minor decline in 2017. So they acknowledge that there was a decline, but eh, it's getting kind of dangerous that all these animals are being imported in the United States. Well, I mean, I, I understand why they're doing it, but there should be a time limit. I mean, you know, they told me when we were booking a trip over there six months, you're going to have to wait for it to be quarantined. And I think it shouldn't go beyond that. I mean, if they're saying nine months, ten months, a year, they're overdoing it. Well, now I'm honored to read you the rest because the center said that the data reveals disturbing U.S. trophy trends, noting that some wealthy trophy hunters were still likely to travel during the pandemic. While most people in the United States were in a lockdown, with many living paycheck to paycheck, elite trophy hunters were still jet-setting around to kill wildlife for skin, skulls, mouths, bones, wings, teeth, and feet. And uh, the Biden administration should look hard on how uh, green-lighting trophy importation contributes to the biodiversity emergency first off don't be a hater if the people got the money to go do what they gotta do let them go do it first well, off oh they're trying to make them and us you know that they, they, they of course, of course you separate are. you divide and conquer but now this is the thing i want to give you steve this is the numbers that they're worried about in the importation into the united states now we're not talking about just from africa we're talking about new zealand sure patagonia scotland uh, Iran, Iraq, Canada, anywhere else that people step out of the United States boundary to go hunt. Guess what the numbers are, do you think, would be around the importation per year for from 2016 to 2019? In total animals? Total animals. I don't know, a million? Less than a thousand? Less than a million, more than a thousand. 700,000 skulls, mounts, and teeth over the course of the past five years. So an average of 109,579 things were imported from around the world. They kill more deer in in Missouri (laughs) in the first four days of general gun season than 109,000 deer. You know, there's always going to be somebody that's going to have something to say about what you do that has to be all up in your life. And you know Trump's sons hunted, and that's all we heard about every day until he left office. Now you never hear about it. 
No, but I, I mean, when they look at these numbers, when I think about it and their their concerns that are like they're out there murdering, you know, whatever it is to just bring back trophy, blah, 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 blah. 109,000 creatures were brought in in 2016, 108,000 in 2017, uh, 212 in 18, and 234,000 in 19. So it did increase. But again, that's the same amount of deer that are killed in Pennsylvania every sad. every single hunting <laughs> season. 200,000 is, is no big deal for Pennsylvania, Michigan, Illinois, any other ones, but uh, I'm, I'm going to bring what I do to, at work. This is what I tell my employees. Just mind your business and do your job. Yeah. Guess what, people? Mind your business and let people do what they want to do. Mind but, your business. But, exactly. but, but to me, what kills me is that those numbers to them are horrifying. But if you look at the total of how many deer are taken around the United States every single year or wild hogs or squirrels or whatever it is, those numbers far exceed anything that's imported into the United States. Well, I'll look at it this way. At the end of World War II, and we know this for a fact, there were 10 million whitetail, more or less, in this country. Now there's 24 million whitetail in this country. At least. And that's so, with hunting seasons. Yeah, and, and they breed like rats. Turkeys, the same story. Wild turkeys were basically extinct. Now they've come back. Buffalo way back. And all that's by hunters and hunters' money. I'm, I mean, you know, General Schwarzkopf, I don't know if I should be telling that out of school. He told me this out there shooting his sporting clay classic. Had a wall taken out of his house in Tampa to put an elephant head in. Sure. Why not? Had to take the whole wall down because the big bull wouldn't fit in there. Well, and, I, and I guess from what he was telling me, or somebody else was telling me the story that was with him, but this thing was charging him at 100 miles an hour coming right at him, and he's just cool as, you know, that's Schwarzkopf, battle-hardened veteran. Open up that big 416. Boom. <laughs> Good night. Then, Good night. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he for was mad because it took, uh, I think he said like a year. To I don't know why he didn't say why, but um, to get it back, I don't know if it was just a problem because it was an elephant or what. But it was a big bull. Well, first I off, could, I would at, love to see that. that that big bull probably cost him at a minimum even back then. And what was that, ninety something or other? Or 90, yeah, probably fifty, sixty thousand dollars, I would think. And that ain't counting tipping, air, airfare, and everything else to all get there and do all those. So plus the fact that those villagers and those people that work there. Ate on that elephant for probably the next six months. Well, yeah, they can't bring the meat back. So, no, off so, any animal. But and that's the problem. Like a lot of these people don't understand. Yes, you're going getting the trophy, but that meat is being used in the villages, in the places where you're at. So there's, stop worrying about it. Carlos will tell you there's a lot of places down in Argentina and stuff like that where all the bird boys, you know, that that go out and run and and pick up the ducks or doves and all that stuff. They work for for uh, whatever you want to tip them for helping out for the day, but and ninety but ninety percent of the reason why they're doing it is because they get to take those home. They get to take, take those ducks. Job. They get to take the doves and ducks and everything. Feed the family and feed the and or the whole or the whole village or yeah. half the village. Well, let's be honest. It's Carlos. Nobody else would get meat anyway. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I just, uh. I, you know, I was, I was talking to Bill yesterday, who just got back from Patagonia. They went down there to shoot red stag. Uh, that Bill or, who? Uh, Glisten out of G. Really? Yeah, he and Rhonda went Patagonia. Out. Why would you go there? There's one tree in the entire country. No, they were. You'd have to take turns hiding behind it. They go to the same guy every uh, year or so when they go down with the same outfitter. They go down there. This is the thing that gets me. These are. Scotland lineage 
red stags that were brought in there in right. like the early 1900s and let loose, and they're monstrously, I mean, they're just ginormous. Yeah. And then he said, and then we went down, and we were catching some rainbow trout and brown trout, and I go, what? What? What do you mean rainbow trout and brown trout in Patagonia? He goes, yeah, they were imported in around the same time, and now they're flourishing in all the streams and everything else down there, and they've been nothing but catch and release for well, almost the past has, 40 or 50 um, years. New Zealand has those, and they have Miriam turkeys and yeah. all that stuff they've imported. Exactly. And and huh. I said, I said, well... With this importation thing that's going on, all these people screaming and yelling about it, what do you have to do to get that back, especially in the state of Florida? He said, you got to. they're going to boil the skull. They'll clean everything, get everything done. They'll tan the hide. They do everything. They do So every, no brain. Nothing. And they tan the hide, and they get everything processed there, and then they ship it all here in one bundle so you can take it to your taxidermist and get it done. There's nothing wrong with that. I, What's the problem? I, I, I have a, a big I, red stag from Scotland. Leave it, man. Don't I, drag the thing over here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut me off a chunk of that thing. I, I just couldn't believe how big they were. Oh, I mean, they're, they're massive, were, man. I've seen those. The, 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 the Scottish lineage or whatever, supposedly one of the it's largest, if not the largest, uh, red stags on the planet. And they got them all over the place. They're beautiful, too. I mean, they have 16, 18 points on those bad boys. That's the one thing Bart would just. Saw off a pinky for him. That's his Sawful. animal. It's what? A pinky. Oh. Uh, that's that's his that's his animal. That's, that's the one he wants. List. Yeah. Red stag, one of those big monster. Supposedly that meat's <clears throat> incredible. Supposed to be better than elk, which is hard to imagine. Th- that is hard. Well, psycho deer is a pretty close second, and that's a Formosan elk, so uh, it's a little redder than elk. And a little smaller. A little smaller. But whistle just the same. I'm going after my bucket list in October, baby. Be out there on the island. You hear him over That's there in Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a yellowfin tuna. Oh, yeah. Off the coast of Venice, Louisiana, baby. I cannot wait. You know you're bringing some of that back, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Because Steve will kick your butt. I know. You I'll bring some back. Don't All worry. right, we're going to take a break. It's Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Hang on. We'll be right back, you guys. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Don't forget, today is opening day of turkey season, north of 70. That's where Bill George is out there hanging and banging. North of 70 or, or below 70? Uh, north of north of 70. It's all open up now. Down south uh, was already done, but uh, Bill stopped by yesterday and sent me a picture of turkey camp. He was there all night uh, the other night getting things set up, getting tents and things all put in place. I would and not all want stuff. to be in turkey camp with Bill if he's gaseous. <laughs> <laughs> it's an open air tent, so you'll you get a little cross breeze. You'll be, be okay. Right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. But uh, so uh, opening day, he uh, I said, "Are you coming in to do the show tomorrow?" And he's like, oh, "Dude, I can't. It's opening day. I've never missed an opening day, never. So I, I got to get there." And is apparently, fun- he's is- got a nemesis turkey that he's trying to get to before anybody else gets their hands on it. It's so. like nine forty eight. Bill, is your phone <laughs> broke, bro? Well, Where yet? he was hoping to have it down by 7.30, and you know how turkeys are, man. That pattern changes, and some disrupts them, and now they're a half I, a mile away. I've kind of got that itch again for a grand slam. I've got three of them, but I'd like to make it an even four. Which one are you missing? 
Uh, you got Rios. You got Miriams. You got I, Osceola. I got all of them. I got three Grand Slams. I'm not missing any of them. You just want a fourth. You, I just you, want a fourth Grand Slam. Do you want to start all over again? Yeah, that'd be nice. Kind of sound like Tom Brady a little bit. You know, yeah. the goat over here wants one more ring. And you're I'm <laughs> done. I'm well, done. You know I'm the done, one thing I'm about done. him? You come to my house, you can just go through the house, and there's there's a big Osceola on the floor standing there. You know, in this, I don't know what they call that, where he's like on the alert. I yeah, guess it alert is. post. You saw the big double beard, beard Miriam right there. That thing was a monster. He's in the fly. Yeah, two beards. I, Ken was furious because, of course, everybody wants one of those, and I, I had no idea of the double beard. That's just one of them you shoot him, and I walk over and went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the time I shot that big red hog in front of Mr. Lightsey, yeah. and Steve knocked me out. Yeah, yeah, had to. Ooh. That was funny because he'd come driving up on that horse, big, long, lanky Mr. Kerry like Steve, did you shoot that hog? No, sir, Mr. Lightsey Braden shot it. <laughs> Literally, like, pointed right at my head like that kid in Jaws. He made me do it. He made me do it. It was, like, right Just there. Just to assure I was your like, health and well-being. I was like, <laughs> it's like, damn, man. You, you, you know, it's been five years since I lost my son, and the cool thing about that hunt in Nebraska is I had never seen it. I, maybe a lot of the turkey hunters out there listening have. I never saw it. But there's a big gully. There's, like, you know, big field, gully. We're in the next field, sitting in a blind. Me and uh, Ken Mays and Ryan, mainly there for Ryan. I wanted to get you know him out there. And wasn't Mike? Th- did Mike uh, Bossman Mike go with you? No, on not that there. One? Not okay. to Nebraska. All right. But the uh, Glenn Minardi did. But the the next thing you hear after one call, just everywhere. And and when that Tom that I shot came up over the end of the gully, there were seven fans rocking seven toms. Wow. Coming in together and all of them strutting. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Ken goes, take a look at that. You may never see that again. But uh, Ryan was supposed to shoot that bird, and he's right-handed. I'm left-handed. He was just on the wrong side of the blind. He couldn't get turned. And Ken goes, Steve, pop that bird, and when he does, Ryan, the next time you see, bust him. Yeah. And, and we did 15 seconds apart. I shot that time, and he fell, and Ryan shot, and I looked over, and his is flopping, and I'm like, that's the greatest moment of day. Man, he told me, he goes, Dad, it's the best time I've ever had. Yeah, that is man. awesome. Boom, boom. I'll always remember that. I got his turkey, too, of course, mounted. But uh, Did you eat them nasty things? No, I didn't, didn't eat them because the people there really liked them. And, and I don't love them. I like them when you, you know, put them in a deep fryer with cornflakes on them. <laughs> and, I mean, they are good, man. They you know, like those uh, turkey nuggets. Because, you know, a wild turkey's not like a farm turkey. They're not big and fat, and although mine was. He's pretty fat. But uh, they made a bunch of popcorn, turkey, whatever you call it. We ate that and didn't Sounds bring it back, though. But the Well, you ain't got to bring it back if they're going to cook it for you that night. That's all good. That's, I'm all that, good with that's that. a heck of a bird, though. Yeah. <clears throat> that's I've... when I learned how to clean the turkey in 10 seconds where you put your foot on each wing. Put him on his back, put your foot on each wing. Nope. Make a cut. or Make a tiny sp- cut. Yeah, cut and split. And his chest will pop right out. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you've done it with blondes, but this is a bird. <laughs> whole other show for a whole other day, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's th- that place you got to kill uh, uh, two toms. And we didn't know it the first morning. I was so mad is you can also shoot a bearded hen. You're allowed to. Right. And I went and walked right by the blind. And I went, that's a bearded hen. Well, you can't shoot it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just asking. Wouldn't that be a cool mouth, that big Tom with that bearded hen? Yeah, I missed my chance uh, when we went up to Georgia with the Davenports, and yeah. that big uh, bearded hen came up, and she had about a 10-and-a-half-inch beard, and I let her walk. 
And they were like, why didn't you shoot it? I go, man, it ain't legal to shoot beer. You know, she likes going to Home Depot and work boots. Maybe. (laughs) But uh, it wasn't legal in Florida at the time, so I just assumed that it was the same up there. And they're like, no, man, they're legal to take up here. Can you shoot a bearded hand in Florida now? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you can. So it's all good. Well, uh, before we get out of here uh, this past week, is your episode of uh, Water Life up and ready to go? I mean, uh, we just did the uh, the weekly show. Um, it is up on Fridays, and the uh, the new show is up this Monday, hopefully. Now the uh, the little radio potty casty thing in my <laughs> hopper. Uh, when is that? Is that on now? Or that is on now. And it is actually it's, it's not a podcast, my friend. It is a uh, a live. So it's a weekly TV show, right? And it, we do it over at the Harbor Master, and it and it goes up every Friday. So where can I see or hear uh, Carbon TV? Is that you where you go? You can go to carbontv.com and look under General Outdoors, and you'll find Living the Water Life Weekly. Mm-hmm. That's our, obviously the weekly show, and then Living the Water Life is our monthly show. You can watch it on our website. <laughs> really, really, there, <laughs> Bill George. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of missed him over there. They should be over there snoring. Holy. Um, LiveInTheWaterLife.com, L-I-V-I-N, TheWaterLife.com. Who'd you suck her in to come in this week? Who'd you talk to? Actually, the girls were out on location, and I actually hung out on the tiki barge with Captain Justin down in Madeira Beach. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was Sounds a, like a real sucky time. Well, we, we, <laughs> it, was ter- it, was, it, was, it was horrible. <laughs> I bet. No, we were, we were going to have bad weather, so we weren't going to sit out at the tiki hut just in case. Right. And the girls were like, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. So you just definitely check out the show. We talked about the Coast Guard Auxiliary. So Jen's there today working with them. And huh. Erica had her son over at the uh, Florida Fantasy Fishing Camp. Yeah. So we did a little interview with him and I hung out with Captain Justin. So Wait, was, which Florida Fishing Camp? It's based out of Hula Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Who's doing that one? That's not the Lori, one the Lori does, is it? No, no. It's, oh, good Lord. I can't. Watch the show, man. It's on the show. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. <laughs> Ro, Ro, uh, Ro, Ro, Rab, Rabo, Rab, Rab, yeah, yes, Ryan Rabo or Rab, Paul Rabo, yeah, yeah, yes. he's been doing that for years, man, yeah, about ten years now. Yeah, he's been doing it. He does so. a good job. He used to do it over there at Icy Sharks. Yeah, well, now he's over at Hula Bay. He does it out of there now. Very nice. They do inshore, offshore camps. It's it's kind of cool, man. If you want kids to go fishing, I, I always try, I try to talk my kids into going because they get they get on put on boats with professional guides. Oh, I mean, true. Uh, you know, the guys like, uh, you know, Goodwin, Goodwine, Mark Mullets. I mean, you got name guys that are Bubba's over there. Bubba's over there. Captain yeah. Bubba, yeah, he's over there too. Yeah. A lot of guys. No, it's a great show. Check it out. It's up every week. It's usually on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out on the website, Carbon TV. And I even got some stuff on the Big and Wild in the show this week. Buddy. What? That's right. Okay. I got to throw some love out. I know. So I appreciate it. No, they still, they're still doing fish tacos over there at the. Uh, they're doing all kinds, dude. Out. They got a black. What you don't fish like fish tacos? Blackened shrimp. Fish tacos. They got a great blackened shrimp with a sweet heat sauce. Oh, that would be good. Oh, that would be very good. It sounds like Dave Travis is stepping up things out at the. Uh, old Dave tiki, Travis uh, is doing a great job, and uh, Dave, Dave Novak, he is the new GM over there. Class act guy. He he's that place was packed. They still night. looking for a bartender. Stay. They are looking for a bartender. Uh, they interviewed a, a young lady last night, but I believe they're still looking. One of your coven. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a harem, okay. Harem. <laughs> yeah, he's over there. Well, I, if you get a chance to go out there, you guys do your filming on uh, what? We Tuesday, film on Wednesday, Tuesday nights. Tuesdays. Come on down and hang out with us. Yeah, it's always a good time. And you know what? My kids always loved it there because. You know they could go throw um, a hook and uh, a couple of shrimp carcasses out there in the 
in the uh, channel there and yeah. at least catch a couple of catfish, at least have something on the line. Yeah, you got plenty of stuff to do. I mean, you can hang out. Captain Logan, they have the tiki bars, a boat there as well. They take out people all the time as well. It's it's a great time. I thought Travis, uh, the, the it, Kyle it, was doing that. It's him. Yeah, it's Kyle and Logan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because I was I talking. Volunt- to I volunteered for that job quite a few times, and uh, I never got a call back. So. we got to find. i tell you what you need for this show. I'm beginning to get worried about it. Have you seen how many this year, how many reported Bigfoot sightings there have been all over the country and all the pictures? Have you looked at some of those videos and pictures? Well, now what that the they've hell ad- is that now that they've admitted the military's <laughs> admitted that uh, they don't know what the UFOs are, maybe they're hand in hand, man. I think they're from another dimension, man. That's what a lot of people say. I'm thinking bro. we should go do a live remote at the Sasquatch headquarters down in South Florida. Dusty Crown, man. Yeah. I'd rather do the one in uh, like Oregon or or Washington State. That'd be. Well, we can there. make it to South Florida easy. I don't no. know about Washington State right now, dude. I don't go in those woods, man. After you made me watch that freaking uh, that nine one whatever nine one one daily thing where the people are disappearing out there, no, I'm, I'm that good. That guy from Dateline hosting that. Uh, I it don't know. It was a hunting trip. What was the name of that show you made me watch? Was it, Bo- <sighs> was it like four one nine one missing hunters or something on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I watched it too. Like same time, I was like, "What? How did they disappear? They found the guy." By I, would, I would not be in an Oregon woods or a North uh, Maine, uh, Maine woods without a 454 Casul. Well, in you know my when pocket. you go out there with a high-powered rifle and a pistol and disappear, yeah, without a trace, yeah, you got to wonder what found them. Yeah, no, I'm gonna at least get one off. But I was watching a video this morning, man. This guy and his wife camping. I mean, not people are up to something. And you should have heard this scream from this Bigfoot. I'm like, you know what? I ain't going to. I ain't going to Washington State. <laughs> something big and dangerous. I, I saw a video that came out this past week of one that was like going through some high grass, like uh, through a, a little area into the trees. Uh, I kind of reddish brown. I know a guy who is actually chasing Bigfoot. I'll reach out to him. We'll get him on the show. Is it going to be some crap, or is it going to be a No, no, this guy, he's actually really does it. Was he here for the uh, big fucky thing out there in Lakeland? Or no, but I, I'll, I'll tell you more. we got to get out of here. I'll tell you more after the show, but we'll get him on. Well, you're going to scare Steve. We're going to get Thanks Steve on a Bigfoot hunt. <laughs> got him all worried now. I'll go. It's that lady in your neighborhood that walks around in the house coat. That's what it is. It ain't Bigfoot. That is scary. All right, we got to go. We'll see you guys next Saturday. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Go enjoy your weekend. Today's going to be a fabulous day. Yes, we'll sir. see you next Saturday. Brought see to you by Brandon Ford. Bye-bye. WHFS Sefner, WQYK FM HD2 St. Petersburg, 103.1 W276 CX Newport Ritchie, 92.1 W221 DW Tampa.